0: Yeah, I, I I've gone through a lot of a lot of spiritual things that have brought me here for yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, I think that what I found is a lot more than gonna get people high. Um, the FDA will totally shut me down if I claim that this is medicine.
1: Okay? Sure.
0: Um, however, I don't know what you know about a, a gentleman named Rick Simpson. Mm-hmm. You heard of him? Mm-hmm. RSO, right? Mm-hmm. So what I discovered is infinite RSO for pennies on the dollar. Everyone else is focused on getting high. I'm I see the big picture and this me what I discovered is an accident. And um by the grace of God, I'm even here. I shouldn't be here. Every breath I take is is an extra one. I have mm-hmm. a woman's organ in me keeping me going right now. And um I feel like, you know, all of the position that I've been put in, I'm in front of multi-million dollar cannabis companies right now. They can't mm-hmm. figure out what I've done. Um, I'm so far a leaps and heads leaps and bounds ahead of them. And um, I, I did this in my garage for less than $50,000. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like these other huge uh, egotistical people who just want money. I just I just want love, (laughs) and I feel like it's my job to give that to everybody else before I pass away.
1: Hey, y'all, welcome back to Gramps Place, where my guests and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA from ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Tonight my guest is an entrepreneur and Texas cannabis business owner. His name's Wyatt LaRue. Wyatt is the the owner and operator of a company called Wyatt Perp, right here in the DFW area. This is a cannabis company that is based in North Texas, which holds Texas licenses as a producer, a processor, a manufacturer, a transporter, and a distributor of wholesale quality cannabis products dealing in non-isomer Delta 9 THC, CBN, CBD, and HHC, and their goal is to be a nationally recognized international brand in the cannabis industry for the next century and beyond. They're starting with ingenious Delta 9 THC products they personally helped to develop. They have also partnered with some of the largest names in the business to bring their customers the most premium products on the market. This is a, a, an intriguing story, Wyatt is an organ recipient, uh, and he feels like the good Lord or whatever power you want to believe in out there is the reason why he was saved was so he could bring this very affordable form of THC product to the masses. Uh, It's a very intriguing story, so let's meet Wyatt and uh, listen to his inspiring story. Hello, Wyatt, and thank you for joining me here on Grant's Place.
0: Hi, Grants. How are you today?
1: Pretty good about yourself.
0: Pretty good, sir.
1: Please tell our listeners a little about your background, uh, how you got interested in the cannabis industry.
0: Um, my background goes all the way back to, a, to my childhood. Um, I'm kind of a different breed, if you will. Uh, I grew up in children's homes when I was a kid. So my first experience with cannabis was not smoking it. It was selling it for food. So my I had to, um, when I was like 13 years old, I lived in the Virginia home for boys. And um, in order for me to be able to get out of there and eat non-institution food, I had to have money. And I was on 8716 West Broad Street. I'll never forget that address. And let's just say it's not the greatest part of town in Richmond, Virginia. So um, there were opportunities that presented themselves as a young, as a young gentleman to be able to be an entrepreneur at a very young age. I, I never wanted to hurt anybody. So I never took advantage of um, narcotics. I just, I just sold blunts on a corner and that's how, was my entry into cannabis was illegal, illicit sales to try and eat and uh, just survive.
1: Okay. Uh, That's not an uncommon story for a lot of people, actually.
0: Uh, From there, it kind of blossomed into, um, I always saw it as an opportune way to make money my whole life. I learned how to grow it from a young age and um, I grew cannabis my entire life. That, and, this is, that's what, how I'm sitting where I am for sure today.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, so what brought you into the actual industry today and, and what, what got you started in that direction?
0: Oh, so, um, hemp is not really what I wanted to do. I know that in order to be a profitable hemp uh, farmer, you really have to have thousands of acres Um, Just for the cost efficiency, I know that I can go buy a a kilo of CBD isolate, which would be the finished product of CBD um, in Oregon for, uh, you know, 250 bucks. And as a farmer, if I don't have at least a thousand acres, I can't produce that that kilo isolate for maybe less than 600. So why am I going to work that hard? and spend that much time and that much of my energy and love into something that I'm just going to fail at because realistically I paid 300% more than my competitor. And we're talking about, you know, um, cannabis. So, uh, if you have someone with an ounce for 200 and someone with the other ounce for 600 and it's the same thing, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer, which way you are going to go. Sure. Um, I I originally got into this because I do know some really big hemp farmers and um, I knew that, you know, if I went there with what I discovered, that that would probably be the most opportune. Um, However, I originally went uh, up there because I was going to try and make um, Delta 8. I saw this huge market here in Texas where all these stores have Delta 8 everywhere. Yeah, and I saw the prices of uh, liters of distillate, Delta 8 distillate, and there were like seven to $800. And I knew that I could go up to the, the farmers that I know, and I could get a, a, a kilo of CBD isolate for a few hundred bucks and do the conversion myself, and I was going to undercut everybody on Delta 8. So I got a producer license um, and started growing hemp in my garage in Lake Dallas, a uh, uh, and this was very small. I just knew that in order to, um, I kind of played the system a little bit. And the fact that I knew that in order to get the appropriate licenses that I needed, I had to go from one license to the next in, in a step process. Okay. So um, I don't have millions of dollars to start. Um, I just wanted to be able to start this with like 50,000 bucks, go buy a bunch of kilos of isolate, do the conversions pay someone to do them if I couldn't, and um, bring the stuff back to Texas and, and try to make make consumable hemp products. So um, once I got my producer license, I then got a processing license, but I had to be growing in order to get the processor license. Once I got the processor license, I knew it was game on that I could then handle and uh, sell oil back and forth across state lines. And so then I went and I got a manufacturing license. And this is where everyone in Texas screws up. Nobody, None of these retailers, none of the people who are doing this go and get an actual manufacturer's license. Because the manufacturing license is separate than a a producer or a processor license in the state of Texas, which is is done through the Department of Agriculture. Um, The Mm -hmm. Department of Agriculture sells you those licenses for 200 bucks. So I was able to get license to be able to do, to do interstate commerce with um, with individual cannabinoids for 400 bucks. realistically. I just had to have a little bro going, register it with the city, get all the zoning requirements. Um, I've been around the cannabis game my whole life, so I knew that when, when I was going to go to whatever city I was in in Texas, they weren't going to have any zoning restrictions on any of this. They yeah. looked at me like I was crazy. It was so <laughs> awesome. They were like, you want to do what? And I was like, yeah, you can't stop me. It actually says you can't, and these are the rules, <laughs> and this is what I'm doing. I'm starting a hemp company out of my house, and I'm doing an at-home business, and um, they they had to go along with it. So one thing led to another. Once I, got the, once I went to get my manufacturing license, it's done through the Department of State and Health Services. And these people literally told me on the phone that if I tried to um, manufacture Delta-8, or delta 10, or any kind of isolated conversion, that they would put me in a in a jail cell, um, and uh, that that was a Schedule 1 drug, and that there's no way. I said, well, how are all these products here? They go, we know they're illegal, but if you'll notice, there really aren't any manufactured here. So I, I said, well, then you need to tell me what is the actual what is the actual game here. I want to participate in the in interstate commerce. I feel like the state of Texas is punishing all of its hemp farmers. What what are all these people who grew all this, who have thousands of acres, hundreds of acres, even 20-acre crop invested in this? What are they supposed to do with their products if they're not allowed to bring them to market? So you're basically telling me that you put uh, out-of-state entities as a monopoly over the Texas cannabis market without even knowing it? And to me, that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So- I want to know the right way that you want me to do this. And they were very clear. They said that um, all isomers in Delta 8 and Delta-8 in any concentration and Delta-10 or any of these intoxicants that were conversions that were made essentially from CBD isolate were Schedule 1 drugs. And I kind of I kind of get that because I, we, we're in Texas. We're kind of – we, I mean, everybody's from here. We have a huge problem with meth. It doesn't matter where you go, that stuff is everywhere here, right? Yeah, yeah. The state of Texas has been locking people in prison for life sentences, probably hundreds of thousands of people for using the exact same equipment and just doing this exact same process with um different chemicals creating amphetamines. So, I understand that it's not really fair. It's kind of like class warfare for then to let the cannabis people make hundreds of millions of dollars over here and then lock up all the the people over here who did this because they came up with a different chemical when realistically they're both manufacturing schedule one drugs yeah i mean let's just be honest if we're going to do the definition of manufacturing if i'm going to put a bunch of isolate in a reactor add toxic chemicals to it heat it up to get the the converted chemical i want that's not that's not natural man yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. i i was like okay so what do i have to do and they said the only thing that's legal is delta 9 thc and i said what they said yes delta 9 thc at a 0.3 percent weight. and i'm really good at math man i, I was hustling at 13 you know mm-hmm. i knew that 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 potencies are exponential math equations so, when they told me dry weight, I was thinking, I'm going to make a chocolate bunny in the size and shape of this lady and send it to them. That was, <laughs> it's going to be like 30,000 milligrams of the THC. They don't realize, but they do, is what I realized later on after I, I, I got awakened to this. So, the state of Texas actually put me on this path. They told me that the only way that I could do this was if I manufactured Delta 9 THC through a natural conversion at a 0.3% dry weight. And I knew that the 0.3% dry weight would could be whatever I wanted it to be. It's a dry weight. I can make it a chocolate. I can make it a gummy. If I can figure out a way to to um put it in 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 a gumball, like the the law is 0.3% dry weight. So a lot of people didn't do eighth grade math, and this has been legal for four years. No, nope, that's that's kind of the other thing of society going into a downfall. We have all these. Uh, cannabis attorneys across the whole US who charged millions of dollars to represent these cannabis companies and none of them even read the farm bill and did an eighth grade math equation to realize that they could commence interstate commerce with their cannabis products four years ago. They just had to derive it from him because 0.3% is, let's put it like this, five grams is 5,000 milligrams, 5,000 milligrams times 0.3% yeah. is 15 milligrams of THC. Well, how are these people, if they didn't mean to do this, how are they in charge of trillions of our dollars <laughs> and that they don't, they didn't do the math on legally it lies in cannabis. They don't need to be anywhere near our purse, period. Yeah. Yeah. If, they, if they didn't mean to do it this way, and this is an accident, and literally 50 state legislators followed uh, federal guidelines, and these aren't federal guidelines. What I designed is a, a drug that meets UN drug treaties, international, federal, state, yeah. And local law so guess what they all every single com- country that is part of the controlled substances act has to go back and redraft their legislation to change this yeah that, so i i this this gives us access to the federal banking system and what i love most about it is i'm going to get to use the justice us system of enslavement for my for my own duty now because now i get to use the federal court system so I've already had somebody who said they represent a drug cartel basically rip me of this information. And yeah. uh, eventually I'll be able to take him to federal court and play that recording and take everything that he has for every dollar that he made off of stealing my intellectual property. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a whole new ball game. I, I didn't I did this very smart. I didn't I didn't try to stay in a gray area like everyone else with Delta Eight, Delta Ten. It doesn't say anything in the farm bill about Delta-8 or Delta-10. So mm-hmm. all of us being criminals that we were our whole lives said, oh, well, they didn't tell me I can't do it. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and do it. But you know what they did right over and over and over again, multiple times, Delta-9 THC at 0.3% dry weight is no longer a Schedule One drug. Yeah. Period. Yeah. I can nail this across state lines. It's not considered a Schedule One drug. And this is the deal is that there's no way This is my my philosophy on this is why I think I'm in a better position than all my competitors is that they are all paying bribes to the federal to the state governments. This is what I call them, bribes, because um, they're they're breaking federal law. I've had so many dispensaries tell me that what I'm doing is federally illegal and I'm watching them sell marijuana by the gram. I haven't sold one gram of marijuana. I've sold hemp. George Washington, I followed his advice. We're gonna, In order to save the republic, we need to sell hemp from ear to ear.
1: Yeah. Because
0: this is going to change everything. And what I discovered, I can outproduce a marijuana farmer per acre. So economically, they can't put this genie back in the bottle. Are you really going to pay the, your your local county government official a million dollars to grow cannabis so that he can wow. go get a free lake house? When you can pay 250 bucks and outproduce that? everybody by growing hemp
1: and you're, you're talking about what you're calling true form delta nine right
0: yeah so i'll the genie's out of the bottle i'll
1: explain this you. to us to us okay so,
0: so there are there are there are two types of uh cannabinoids okay there's naturally mm-hmm. derived and lab lab created okay there's mm-hmm. things in nature that naturally exist that just exist and god put them here and obviously 20,000 different ways for us to figure this out and now he just showed us another one that the genie's really out of the bottle because like i said you can out produce a marijuana farmer naturally with this than you can growing marijuana because this is coming from biomass so you can plant a a hemp plant every 16 inches and you grow it industrial farming whereas marijuana you have to grow like every eight feet and you if you have to tend to those crops it's very time consuming it costs a lot of money Whereas this is just about, you know, industrial farming. And this is my other question for everybody. I'm going to put them all on blast here, man. Where are you putting all your money? If it's all federally illegal and you don't have access to the banking system, how do all these dispensaries keep getting bigger? Because I did the math on this, and this is why I believe that this the federal government did this on purpose, is to undercut all these marijuana companies. And I believe that this technology has been around since the 40s. It's just been hidden from us, and they know it. And I think that the federal government has waited for all these cannabis companies to pay them their money, and they never got any of it because all of them are just reporting. They're hiding their money, and they're laundering what they do have. It's it's indisputable. You are laundering your money in order for it to be legal for you to keep expanding, which is insane to me. That means that the banks are all participating all the all the people are pay, being paid millions of dollar bribes this is organized crime i'm firmly believe that this is completely um corrupt and our state governments are way more corrupt than our federal ones it's just led to believe differently and mm-hmm. i believe that the federal government just took their their sales tax because they waited forever for everyone to give them their income tax and they never got it and if you do the math do you, if this is a $40 billion a year cash industry in the United States and just the marijuana trade, $40 billion, that means it's being taken out. If you would go into any dispensary, they have ATMs there where they charge you 6 bucks to take out your own money, bro. And, and yeah. guess what? All that money, if, the, if let's just say 1% of these, of these dispensaries aren't money laundering, okay? Just 1% of them, dude. That would represent hundreds of millions of dollars that is being just taken out of circulation that the federal government is having to reprint and then circulate to the individual. If we're talking about $40 billion that's just vanishing into storage units every year, um, that means that the federal government is having to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to print and distribute that cash that they took out of circulation. Does that make sense? Yeah. So right now, the federal government is funding not only all your state reps to get free lake houses, um, but they're not getting any of the tax revenue. These 40% taxes, it keeps going to all these states. The feds are trying to get their income tax, and no one's paying it because they're all representing that they're broke and they're laundering their money. So they haven't gotten anything over this 15 years but funding their little – thumbing their nose at the federal government. And I think that this realistically was all the world leaders in all the countries on earth. I'm not smarter than all of them. I'm just a dude who figured this out in his garage, man. I think that they are way more intelligent than anyone leads on. And they knew exactly what they were doing. And this is to basically collapse all those state cannabis markets. Because I see the future as in the next, you know, maybe year, uh, cannabis will be legal. And that the big corporations who all have indoor facilities will actually come in and monopolize the actual cannabis space. And then all the multinationals who own all the hemp farms already will then be in possession of all the oil. And the big boys just set a booby trap for everybody to pay bribes and bankrupted everyone at once. They came in and monopolized an entire market while they thought they were letting all these small people play. But it's yeah. not. It's all rigged, man. We're talking to drugs here. Yeah. This is not if 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 legitimate business you think is rigged what do you think is going on in the in the black market what i figured out is that we can take what right now is the waste uh from making cbd oil and reformulate it into thc and make it a very high concentrated form and we can then um manufacture 0.3% dry weight edibles that contain no delta 8 or delta 10 that's the other part of this is that the Delta Nine distillate that I created—well, uh, I didn't create it. I just came up with the idea and presented it to some people, and they get all the credit for it. I, I just—I just showed them a principle, and then they—I I paid them thirty grand and waited nine months, and they were like, "Get ready to buy a jet." <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. um, so essentially, the we can outproduce a cannabis farmer with this from the waste right now. They're just flushing it all down the toilet. And RSO is high concentrations of delta nine THC with full Mm -hmm. spectrum CBD. So now I can take the the concentrated waste from all of these massive hemp farms. We can make concentrated THC with them, and then we can mix it with CBD, and we have an unlimited supply of Rick
1: Simpson oil for two hundred dollars a treatment. Hmm. Do you understand? You mean you're talking about a full full treatment? A full treatment.
0: Like, I don't, I'm not claiming that I can cure cancer.
1: No. I know
0: that, I know that this, I know that this discovery that I made can, can bring this to the masses at an exceptionally affordable rate. And if it, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But now someone doesn't have to pay 20 grand to figure it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the average going, street price right now for RSO or, or FICO would be anywhere from fifty to eighty dollars a gram depending on who you talk to.
0: Yeah, no, I'm talking about I can produce a kilo, nine hundred and forty thousand milligrams of THC for less than a thousand dollars. Wow. I have COAs to back it up.
1: That's definitely interesting. Nine forty
0: thousand milligrams of THC per liter it costs about it costs less than a thousand dollars to manufacture legitimately this is this is this is a groundbreaking discovery and all i did is take the trash one man's trash is another man's treasure and i'm sure. telling yeah. the world i don't want to covet this and try to make a billion dollars or patent this or anything everybody needs to know this is how it is and this technology doesn't need to be hidden or or taken away from everybody. This is for humanity. I'm not going to be alive that long. This is. I feel like God saved me to be able to give this gift to
1: all of you. Hmm. So, so this is only available as an extract in in edibles or or in tinctures well, that's, and, that's, and such, that's, that's right? The,
0: that's the deal. Right now is that that's where I'm at is in a pickle. Is I need I need legislation to come through to where I can do research with it so that we can figure this out with more than me just trying to make point three percent dry weight i want to do experimentation for medical purposes i need i need i need the people to exert their power over these corrupt state officials and make them understand that if we just found a cure for cancer they're not going to be able to monopolize on this and charge me 10 million dollars for grow licensing when texas opens up and if they do they need to be thrown out of office immediately because that's the direction texas is heading they, oh yeah. You want to let the big farming companies come in here, and they will bend us all over, and they won't let anyone have access unless you pay them big, 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 big bucks.
1: That's that's exactly. I mean, I, my point is, uh, one thing that has to happen with any kind of legal legal market, in my opinion, is you, I, Joe Blow down the road, if he wants to throw a couple plants out in his garden in his backyard, he needs to be able to. And the way Texas is going, that ain't gonna be the that ain't gonna be the reality.
0: No, they want to they want to <laughs> keep it. I, I did the research that when I when this this started for me, um, trying to get a license back when DP they put DPS in charge of it. That doesn't show you how corrupt everything is. <laughs> they put the cops, the state police, in charge of who gets a marijuana license.
1: No doubt. What
0: the hell does the state police have to do with picking and winning picking and choosing the drug dealers? Oh, it's always been that way. They just don't want to admit it. It's, yeah. It's a big fraternal order of um, crap, as I call it. <laughs> yeah. Pardon this short break for a word from our
1: sponsors. Hey, y'all. Are you enjoying the guests and subjects Gramps is bringing you each week? Did you know Gramps does this all on his own? No production team and no producers. Just Gramps. Please consider making a monthly contribution to help Gramps continue to do what he does in an effort to educate, agitate, and motivate millions to get involved. It is as easy as clicking on the link in the show description that says, support this podcast. It can be as little as 99 cents per month. As always, Gramps thanks you for listening and for your support. Welcome back to Gramps Place, the podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things of public interest. So you not only are working with with the Delta 9 that you're doing, you've got products of CBD, CBN. What what other products do do you have?
0: Um... I I I will can basically source anything that is legal. So I'm in a better position, I feel like, as a manufacturer and a distributor, to be able to deal with the right chemicals because I actually went to DSHS and I found out what was legal before I started. So I know that all isomers are illegal, which means that basically any chemically converted, isolated cannabinoid is going to be considered illegal here, especially if it's an intoxicant. And what I gathered through uh, all this whole journey that I've gone through is the state of Texas, um, it doesn't really bother me much, but it will a lot of other people. They just don't want you smoking, man. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I watched my dad die from lung cancer. So I don't really, really, it doesn't really affect me as far as the cannabis thing. I know it's a freedom thing, and I'm all for freedom and do whatever you want, you know? Sure. But at the same time, too, dude, uh, if they're having to pay – Literally 20% of all deaths in America are attributed to cigarettes. That is a yeah. huge price tag. So mm-hmm. um, there, there's huge financial burdens that do come along with smoking. Anytime sure. you put smoke into your lungs, it's not healthy. Whether you need that for medication or not, that's up to you. I believe that the individual should be able to deal with their pain, how they choose so fit. I had a transplant. I was on dialysis for a year. I've had like 12 life-saving surgeries to even be here in the last four years. Trust me, I know pain, and I refuse to use opiates. So I get people smoking. I smoke when I need to. But um, from a nanny perspective, and we do have a nanny state, they just don't want you smoking. I I feel like if they're going to allow you to have um, Delta 9 THC and consume it edibly, that um, just wait for the legalization of cannabis to come on. don't be don't be running to smoke all these research chemicals, man that's not yeah. <laughs> nobody really knows what's gonna happen here and you don't know what labs they're sourced from. Uh, they won't a lot of people in the cannabis world won't tell you, but everybody makes you sign NCNDAs, non-circumvent non-disclosure agreements. so nobody can really give their sources to you. So you don't really know where you're getting these chemicals from. And when you do scan that code on your package and it's an edible and you're getting a picture of distillate, that really doesn't show you anything. That is, that is basically fraud. They could have taken any distillate and put it on there. You need to see the finished product and the actual levels and make sure that you're yeah. doing homework. And if you are going to, you have to make sure the labs you're sourcing from have the, right equipment because there's a lot of people that can just purchase a reactor for $12,000 who understand how to do chemistry and they don't have like the vacuum system in place. And they're just leaving all the residual solvents that need to be pulled out of there in there because they just turned, you know, $500 into $3,000 in, in two and a half hours. They they're more concerned with money than they are with um, people or their health or safety and yeah. whenever you're talking about, um, you know, an unregulated market where uh, Chinese people like the communists can come in and send in uh, CBD that's contaminated with heavy metals and stuff. And then that gets turned into uh, an isolate to where you can't see that and then returned into a distillate. I mean, you're, you're going through you're, you're really putting yourself at a lot of risk just to get high. I believe yeah. that, that safe quality cannabis should be available to all human beings on earth and that's what i've tried to give everybody i mean that was that was my that was my um forte was not just using the justice system of enslavement to meet all their guidelines to where instead of them telling me you know ignorance is no excuse to break the law i get to say your ignorance of this plant is no excuse not to enforce the law (laughs) yeah (laughs) since we're there now i've really focused on getting the highest quality oil and the highest quality product to deliver the most safe efficient delivery system to give this to as many people as possible and since since i did this all the big companies have jumped on board now Um, it's just going to be probably three more months before this will be everywhere and you'll be able to not put the I mean it's over too many people know how this works I just put it out on the radio how it works Um, the the cannabis market needs to is going to really go and then it's everyone's going to go bust and that was how it was planned I believe and then the big companies are going to come in when legalization enters and then just Resume business as usual and prop the prices back up because all the indoor cannabis then, which which is which, enters the black market mostly, um is going to be evaporated because they're going to be able to say, hey, you know, if you're growing cannabis outside, it's probably through the black market. Otherwise, you'd be growing hemp because you'd be able to outproduce that that field you're growing by thirty percent. Why are you doing that? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. We're well,
1: hearing a lot today about something called HHC. Uh, What promise do you see for products with HHC in the future? And and explain to our listeners what it is. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, HHC is a cannabinoid that is uh, somewhat similar to THC, but it is derived from the pollen off the male plant. Okay. Um, There are chemical ways to do this, which you can use palladium as a catalyst or put palladium as a heavy metal that they can use to actually make this from CBD isolate. Um, and if you do that route, it's really dangerous. It's going to be toxic for you. If you can actually derive a natural cannabinoid, um, that's made from pollen, it's not going to, I don't think it's bad for you. I don't think any of this stuff is bad for you, but, um, I do see it as another intoxicant for sure. And the fact that it can be put in pure forms, even though it doesn't meet the definitions under Texas law, kind of like my oil doesn't, it's a naturally derived form of cannabis rather than we made this in a lab you know yeah um, so i don't know what they're going to do about that i i really don't see the state as a of texas anyways allowing people to smoke oils i don't think they want that unless it can become a regulated market where it's not just people throwing around ndac's and Anybody you know off LinkedIn can just uh, participate in whatever you want to do. It's right now it's like the Wild West out there. You can yeah. you can do whatever you want, and there's not really any any regulation. And I actually talked to the director of the whole the whole uh, hemp thing of the through the Department of Agriculture. And they told me, like, there's a lot of really rules that don't make any sense. I I wanna tell you how ridiculous this is real quick, okay? All right, go ahead. All right. So when you go to get your producer license from the Department of Agriculture, you're like 200 bucks, you have to give them the GPS coordinates of your grow, outline it with a computer, looks pretty cool, you get this little cool license, right? You go to grow it, and then they say it has to be under 0.3%, and you have to use a a selected strain of, of cannabis plants, right? Okay. Uh, so, so that are all registered under the state for 0. .3%. There is no way for them to know what seeds I have. I can just call whatever. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's below 0. .3%, like why would I? If I was a businessman, I, I and I, I'm just being real. As a as an entrepreneur, would I really tell you the strain I'm growing if I had something that no one else had? Would I register that with the state for everyone else to grow it, or would I just say, "Oh, that is um." um let's see that is hong kong number two and as long as it tests under 0.3 percent they're not testing genetic profiles or anything they're testing thc percentages so there's no way really for you to know what you're actually growing here um which could be scary too because people could bring in seeds from overseas that could do harm to us too you know um So there's no regulation there, which really needs to be sought on. I really am a firm believer that if there is no regulation, a company like Monsanto, who's no longer here because they poisoned everybody, will then um, essentially buy everything up and do what they want with it. So there has to be some sort of regulation that keeps a monopoly from happening. And that was what our government was supposed to do a long time ago, and they have failed us in every way, shape, or fashion i don't really trust them to do that we have to do that as individuals and just realize that um we have the power and and numbers matter voting matters like you have to actually be responsible and be educated you have to understand how all this works but let me i keep jumping around let me go back so then once you get you you go to say okay i need to test this i'm ready to harvest there is a list of people who call And and they don't have any money for this program, man. There is zero dinero for the Department of Agriculture to to push forward this program that they put forth. So it's a bunch of volunteers in your local area. They give you this list on the Department of Agriculture of people who volunteered, and they can charge you whatever they want to come into your garden, cut down a plant, and take it to New Bloom for you as a third-party handler to test the THC percentage. So I was thinking like this, you know, I didn't do this because I, I wanted to do this straight edge, but the part of me from thirteen up until about two years ago was like, I could I could literally have my friend sign up as this list, grow a whole room full of weed, put one hemp plant in the middle, and just have him come cut that one down and we'd be good. <laughs> like <laughs> It's literally an honor system right now, and it's that's crazy. And I talked to yeah. the the director of the whole program, and he told me that they just didn't have any money to the the, the legislator to, is broke. They don't have any money to allocate towards this program. Um, that I mean, I don't know
1: what they do with all our money, man. But yeah, I, I can I, say they're not broke by by any means. Dude, look at their a very houses. wealthy state. But, yeah,
0: I, like yeah. I was talking about that place in Lano. I'm from Horseshoe Bay. That's where they all live. I get to see they're not broke. I promise you. Oh yeah. They have they have yachts. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's our money at? man? That's yeah, no where doubt. I'm at. So my the the state's complete ignorance of the plant, uh, cannabis sativa L. Their lack of funding, um, their absolute not caring about any of us really other than their own pet projects and what's important to us and putting us on the back burner has led to a boiling point in which now there's a billion dollar cannabis industry in Texas and there's all this tax revenue being generated. And they're never. These guys are the greediest people on the planet. That bottle, that genie's not going back in the bottle. Mm-mm. And and they're not ever going to admit that they were stupid and didn't do eighth grade math and they have law degrees, um, and that they didn't mean to uh, do this and it was an accident.
1: Well, that that was going to be my next next thing. Do you think? I mean, it was federal that did that, right? But every think... single
0: country on earth, essentially, man. Yeah. I, in yeah. Mexico it's one percent, in France it's point six percent. I can send this to Dubai. You're telling me that every single scientist on planet earth of every country, none of them did an eighth grade math equation. Yeah. Like it yeah. is what's it's what really is is where I really think is funny is all these cannabis attorneys in California who told me that what I'm doing is, is illegal while they're representing clients who sell marijuana by the gram. And um, those guys never bothered once to read the farm bill and could have brought their clients to the table to do interstate commerce with uh, their national brands that they've been wanting forever four years ago. So were they worth that million two a year for um, consultation fees? No, they weren't. They're lazier than you. You were in a garden working your ass off. And that's the other part about this is that now the farmer is in possession of his waste. So I gave all the power back to the farmers the way it should be, the people who work hard and break their backs and have vision and do all the work and have the spiritual connection with the plant, not the guy who went and learned chemistry in three years and now wants to jack the price up
1: 3000%.
0: That guy is now out of the equation if we, if we go forward with the model in which I've presented everyone with.
1: That's that's cool to hear. Do you think on the the whole farm bill deal? Do you think with their their shenanigans they always try to pull? But DSHS will figure out that oh people are using this to get high. Uh,
0: um, no, we got to
1: shut it down. Here.
0: So they they would have to create uh, an emergency legislative session. Um, and I don't see that happening, especially if they get the the judgment they want, which I'm sure they will on Delta eight on the 22nd, because from what I understand, they're not arguing whether it's a schedule 1 drug or illegal. They're arguing whether they gave the retail stores enough time to know what was going on, that they didn't cause irreparable financial harm. So by giving them a 90 day stay, they're basically to me saying, here's your 90 day notice motherfuckers. We're not buying your Delta eight, uh, Uh, stock that you spent we're not the state is not about to spend 480 million dollars on all you alls stock because as it's the way they made it stand all those shop owners it wasn't even illegal for them to destroy it they couldn't Mm -hmm. they couldn't move it out of state they couldn't do anything they were stuck some of these guys man, that own like a thousand liquor stores or whatever they were they were in possession of millions of dollars worth this stuff so if you just come in and tell them hey screw you man and then they had a legal case to say, no, you owe us for all these drugs. So I feel like the state was on the hook, and they knew they were going to lose a lawsuit. That's the only reason that they gave them 90 days, because now they're going to say, we gave you your 90 days as required. We had a court hearing about this. We were not arguing whether this is illegal or not. It was whether DSHS notified you in a legal way. We are no longer liable for your DA products, buddy. So now you can now you can pay to dispose of them properly. And I think that they're going to leave me alone. I think that this is federally uh, the, the way that every single state in the United States has adopted. So they'd have to buck the whole United States. And I also think that they would have to acknowledge that um, they didn't do an eighth grade math equation and that they're in charge of all our money and that that really wouldn't work out very well for them. And,
1: um, someone like me might get elected, you know, they wouldn't want you or me in there. I don't think not
0: at all, man. I would call them all what they are. You know, I don't have anything to lose. Um, I'm not rich. I'm not going to, I, I, I hope that I, I get to make some money off this, but realistically, this is the cannabis business. These companies know what I'm doing. I turn to the largest companies agriculture companies on the planet on how to do this nine months ago they just gave me first access so there's going to be this stuff everywhere and all the companies are going to be doing this i just got to go ahead of everyone and i got it in writing they said dude you, you're you changed human history they put that on there for me so they just plugged me in and they're letting me play but i have six months to capitalize on this and make some money um but uh i'm not a, i'm not i'm not an executive. You know what I mean? I don't have all the retail connections and the distribution connections. I just have the oil and I have manufacturing capabilities. So I'm slowly a small business that's building up. Hopefully, you know, people will um, support us. But I really want people to focus on not even supporting us, but um, focusing on the RSO aspect, man. That's what they're going to... This is like, here, look at the dollar over here. But realistically, the this is something that's way more powerful than that it's so much more powerful than that this isn't about getting high this is about keeping people well and Mm -hmm. and trying to fix some of the damage all of our leaders who didn't do eighth grade math did and put us in because i am a firm believer now that i see how this all works and how corrupt everything really is that um i think this is the the most efficient form of fuel on earth and i think it's a a a a real form of green energy and it's biodegradable. And I think the US government has known this since the 40s and that they purposefully with Rockefeller and the rest of the Titans developed the most least economical form of fuel, which is going to be gasoline that would do the most damage as fast as possible so they could make as much money as possible, not get you to your Aunt Lily's house. This was about making as much money as fast as possible. And if they sold, if they figured out the five best forms of, of of combustible fuel in a liquid form and the top one was hemp that's why they destroyed all this technology they don't want you to be able to go 900 miles in your car and they wanted you to pay them three times before that one this mm-hmm. was about business this wasn't about humanity and i really believe truly that this is this is real green energy it's not toxic solar cells it's not bullcrap energy credits. It's not nuclear power for a building that's only going to last 300 years on a reaction that's set to last 30,000 years. It's all that shit is bullcrap, man. Mm-hmm. This is hemp is real biodegradable fuel. It's a <laughs> spade statement. Reality yeah. has to come up and, and, and bite people sooner than later or. I don't know what's going to happen to them, but I think that we're here. And I think that that is also why we're seeing everything fall apart and the elite really like I think this is the oligarchy throwing a fit on their way out of power and trying to burn everything down on their way out. Like spoiled little rich children who've never had to work in the last 300 generations of wealth being handed down to their families.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, tell our listeners where they can find your company, find your products. Uh, oh, any events sure. that maybe you have coming up, stuff like that?
0: Um, we're we're gonna we're gonna start doing a lot more trade shows, and um, is what we're we're located in Dallas, Texas. I started this out of my house in Lake Dallas, Texas. Things have grown where um, I'm not an at-home business. Don't worry, none of those gummies were made in my garage. Um, we have a 4,000 square foot manufacturing facility um, that is under contract with some investment partners that we have. They're moving from Southern California. And um, essentially right now is what I'm doing is I'm sending my oil off to one of the most successful gummies in the cannabis world um, and having them white label their product for me. I figured that'd be the best way to be successful is uh, show the best people who make the best gummy already this secret that I had, let them plug me in and give me access to their gummies. And how can you hate them if they're already like the best ones in the U.S.? Sure.
1: (laughs) So where can um, people get your products?
0: Uh wyattperp.org, and hopefully you'll start seeing them in your local head shops. Um, they're all around Denton County. I have them in several shops around here, and uh it just keeps spreading. Cool.
1: Well, I appreciate you coming on and, and telling your story. It's an interesting story, and and yeah, uh, you know, uh it'll be interesting to watch your predictions unfold as time moves on with this federal little Eighth grade grade math problem they forgot about.
0: (laughs) I could be totally wrong and them come and totally destroy my life. But, you know, I don't think it's that way. I actually followed the law to a T. I was smart enough to get in writing that they told me to do this. So regardless of what laws they create, I don't think I could. they can really get me in trouble as much as they can just start sending code after me to try and shut me down which yeah. I anticipated on happening anyways, once people figure out what I actually did. I'm just the first one to cross the step and I don't have a billion dollar war chest. So of course I'm going to be a huge target. And, but I expected that. But if I didn't reach out and grasp this opportunity and tell the truth the way I see it and um, do this, I don't think that we would be here. I think that somebody would have just taken this and tried to profit off of it as much as possible for themselves. And, um, no one would have access, you know, Yeah. it's free. I want to give it away for free, not my product, but the technology, it's not, not anything special, you know, and everybody should be able to do this very soon. And hopefully North American hemp can, um, take over the world market. This is an international market. People are still focused on, on the United States. And like me, I'm just focused on Dallas right now. But yeah. realistically, in a whole, the hemp trade, um, North America has, we have the most most pristine farmland on the planet. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we can grow the finest quality hemp and we can give this medicine to everyone. It's a weapon. We just have to come together and love each other, man, and spread the love and stop putting money above people. And if we can do that, we can still have wealth without being communists. We just don't have to be pricks. That's it. Yeah. Just be kind to one another, man. Yeah, That's it. We have to figure something else out, and it can't be based off lies and deception. It needs to just be a system of truth. Just yeah. tell the truth. And I really feel like um, all of this is going to change human history for the best. Um, I feel like I'm very, very gifted to be able to broadcast this to everybody and tell everyone what I figured out. I realized that um, I probably made a lot of enemies today. And um, I also realized, you know, that I I hopefully I sparked something in everyone's mind to think twice about what's going on and realize that these people who tell you that they have all the power, they don't. Look what what has happened to me. I've come from two years ago. My family left me two weeks before a transplant. I was homeless. I had nothing to completely save and brought myself out to discover something that's awesome to be able to give to all of you. And my message is just love, man. Just just love one another and do what's right. And I think God's going to help us and he'll take care of the rest. He has a yeah. way of working things out if, if you can't see that. At least it's been that way for me. Maybe I'm just blessed, but I am blessed, but I feel like we're all blessed. You just have to actually
1: come to him, man. Sure. And I don't think you've made any enemies more than you've definitely given some people some things to think about. Okay. <laughs> and I, I want to thank you again for coming on. It's been a good conversation. Uh, I, I think we could probably go on for hours on end. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I promise. Uh, and uh, I want yeah. to thank our listeners for, for joining us for this episode. I think this was a, going to be a good educational episode for everybody in Texas.
0: Uh, thank you so much for having me. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful day.
1: You too. Gramps Place, where Gramps and his guests discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing here in the good old USA, from ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victims, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. Gramps talks with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. Be sure to subscribe where you get your podcasts or visit GrampsPlace.net today. And as always, thank you for listening to Gramps Place.